0: The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network from Learfield, straight from the 734. It's the Eastern Insider Podcast, presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan, your chance to get in on the action. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all, Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell.
1: Before that turkey slumber that will come on Thursday, we want a big helping of the Eastern Insider podcast on this Monday, Alex Jewell. That's
2: right. Thanksgiving week, a holiday week. I can't believe we're already this close to that big C word that comes in December. Everybody's looking forward Cancun? to that. Ho- Not nah, Cancun, oh. although that does sound pretty good. There's some people that are already down in Cancun which uh, certainly sounds good. We're up here in the cold, though. That's our C-word for this holiday season. But I was really alluding to Christmas. Oh, that one. We're not going to quite get there yet. Of course, we have Thanksgiving, and you said it before Thanksgiving, a huge array of Eastern Michigan athletics, really all through the Thanksgiving holiday weekend, Greg. It kicks off Wednesday night with Eastern Michigan men's basketball here at home against Western Illinois. Of course, Eastern Michigan football a season finale, regular season finale, on Friday. They will be bowling after that big win over Western. We'll talk about that in just a few seconds. And then women's basketball all weekend long. So an exciting week of Eastern Michigan Athletics. We're excited to get it rolling with you right here on the Eastern Insider Podcast and then turn it over to the teams the rest of the week.
1: Yeah, you look at it, it's a week that we'll see Eastern Michigan Athletics take a break from some of its sports. Women's basketball will head south. They will go to Florida For the Panther Classic down at FIU, that'll be a fun trip. You and I won't be on it, but we'll be watching from afar. Uh, Men's basketball, as you mentioned. Western Illinois, the team coming in on Wednesday. 1975 was the last two of these hooked up at Bowen Fieldhouse when it was still the early years of Bowen (laughs) Fieldhouse. They were long ago members. Of a conference that has since become defunct, but it'll be a, an interesting test because they've already come in, beaten a Big Ten school, something Easterns came close to against Indiana, couldn't close the deal up against them or Michigan State. Western Illinois has knocked off Nebraska already, 3-1, and one. they'll play tonight. It's
2: Nebraska Big Ten school?
1: uh by they're hanging on by yeah, thread, right? yeah yeah they're still there okay but, right. it uh, counts that's a that's a different podcast we can talk <laughs> about uh but they will be playing northern kentucky tonight eastern already a one point
2: setback at nku uh this will be a fun game this will be a big game i mean if you want to talk about the schedule that eastern michigan men's basketball has had and really the women too have opened up with with really not a lot of slouches greg this is a Really tough schedule that Stan Heath's put together in his first season. But we've talked about it for a long time. It's really fun to see Eastern against these quality opponents. I mean, NKU is a tournament team type of threat. Western Illinois, early on, looks like they could be in the same boat. Michigan State and Indiana, obviously perennial tournament teams and contenders for a national championship. So what a way to start the season. And so Eastern Michigan has fallen short in a few games that they would have liked to be a little bit more competitive in. They were very competitive at Northern Kentucky last week, just fell on a last-second shot. Eastern Michigan would have liked to get that when they were up 11 at halftime. And then um, a little bit more of a, a differential that they wouldn't have liked to have at Michigan State, but still a really good team to play this early in the season. And uh, just a really good schedule to get things going. So this will tell you a lot about where Eastern Michigan's at. I'll be interested to see the score from the Northern Kentucky-Western Illinois game tonight. And then a short turnaround for the Leathernecks as they'll j- get up here to Salani after that. So a good opportunity for Stan Heath and company to go into the Thanksgiving break feeling pretty good about themselves.
1: I'll admit I'm looking forward to Sunday's game as well as we'll make the trip to the windy city of Chicago for DePaul. Right now, the Blue Demons undefeated, but they are scared skating by by the hair of their chin they beat rutgers by three they beat western or uh, they beat western illinois by four uh they've already taken out central michigan once earlier this year but a battle at Trust Arena in downtown Chicago. My first ever visit to DePaul, to DePaul, but if you think back to the 70s, Eastern and DePaul had a lot of big battles.
2: Well, it's funny when you look at the Western Illinois series too, both of that, that team and DePaul is someone that Eastern Michigan has met quite a few times, but not as much recently. But a, another huge test. I mean, you just can't say enough about the schedule that Eastern Michigan is facing early on. And the real question will be, and we won't get to hear see the answer until really January, is how do these early season tests affect the regular season once you get to MAC play? You want to be building up a resume and and really starting to get into form and playing these high quality teams is certainly a way to do that so a really tough set of games this thanksgiving weekend for men's basketball and you talked about it a little bit women's basketball the task is not much easier they go down to the fiu thanksgiving classic this weekend they'll take on fiu on friday and then delaware on saturday fiu is a rebuilding program greg they're two and two on the year but they've got some young talent that one is a good opening round matchup, but the marquee matchup is Saturday against Delaware. A lot of people in this area don't know how good Delaware is. Well, they're four and one this year. Last year, they won 25 games. Get this, Greg. They've won four games this year, and they're averaging their average margin of victory is 30 points. And these are good teams they're playing. They just took it to Charlotte, who's a perennial tournament team in women's basketball, the other day by 30 points. So A huge weekend of basketball for both teams. What an opportunity for both squads to show who they really are and get in contention before MAC play.
1: Yeah, it should be a fun one. Uh, You can find full coverage on emueagles.com for all of those upcoming games. Uh, We will not have women's basketball coverage on the air, but you can still find live stats and video links and so much more by going to the website. The marquee matchup that everyone has circled will be the battle for a trophy. Eastern will have Central Michigan on the line coming up on Friday afternoon, and the whole nation will have a chance to peer in and watch ESPN. U noon for the showdown with the Chippewas. Nothing says uh, old-school rivalry like high noon the day after Thanksgiving, and Eastern is hoping to bring home the state of Michigan Mac trophy.
2: Yeah, I mean, if uh, you look at Chris Creighton's resume, Greg, it seems like every year we add things, uh, you know, you and I call it slaying the dragons, different accomplishments, first win over a Power Five, first win over Big Ten, X and X and X and X, moving on down the list, bowl game, bowl appearances, whatever it may be. And, And so really, the last couple of years, we've not, not run out, of of course, of different accomplishments, but the list has certainly gotten a little bit smaller because it's slowed. He's, he's made so many strides in his first six or seven years. Well, this is a new slaying of the dragon that Coach Creighton can get because his team has not played for a trophy since he's been here, and he's very public about saying that. This is the first time that there's a real trophy on the line. It's the first time he has a chance to beat Western and Central in the same year. He's beaten both of them in separate years, plenty of times, but has never beaten them together. And what an end of the season to have them back-to-back in the regular season. It just feels right to have your two rivals in weeks 11 and 12, doesn't
1: it? It does, and then everybody wants to ask, so where are we going for the bowl? Well, the simple answer (laughs) is you'll know as soon as we know, because the max tie-in are a lot of still things in the air, because there are so many bowls now and so many slots but there also might not be enough teams this year that will reach six wins. So a lot of that's gonna change how the conference could uh, seed people, send people.
2: And if you Venmo, Greg and I, 1999 right now, we'll give you our prediction. I'm just kidding. Our prediction is good for nothing.
1: Yeah, our predictions doesn't matter. Right? We know where we would like to go. We know <laughs> there are, are places and things that have to happen and fall in between. But uh, the simple answer is go to emueagles.com. Fill out the bowl interest form. The more that we can show a particular bowl that our fan base
2: wants to go there, that only helps. Well, you make a, you make a good point, Greg, because a lot of fans may not know... There is absolutely lobbying that is done for bowl games. Now, it doesn't mean that that always works and mm-hmm. it has a choice, but our office, Scott Weatherby, a couple different areas in the university, I mean, we put together a nice large packet for a bowl game and really sell ourselves to the bowl game and say, hey, listen, you want to have Eastern Michigan here for this reason. So fans filling out that interest form, if we can say, hey, listen, 5,000 fans have said they want to be here, they'll buy tickets. A bull's going to look at that and say, Okay, maybe Eastern Michigan, they, we're serious about having them there. Those things absolutely make a difference. Again, it's not the MLB all, we're not guaranteeing anything, but participation in things like that makes an absolute difference when it comes time to bowl selections. Well,
1: when we have the Eastern Insider Bowl someday in the future, <laughs> uh, we know that uh, when Alex and I get to pick, uh, we'll take anything possible, especially food. Partner, It's uh, we've talked for a long time. It's uh, time for us to take a little Thanksgiving break and turn it over to some interviews because that's really the meat of this show.
2: That's right. It is every week. Two great interviews this week. On the other side of the first break, Greg Steiner sits down with Coach Creighton. He'll tell you about the big win over Western Michigan last week and what his team is scheming to do to beat Central Michigan. And then we'll finish up with Fred Castro because men's basketball will have two radio games this week. We thought it would be good to catch up with Fred Castro ahead of the FIU Thanksgiving Classic. So stick right here. Keep listening. It's Eastern Insider Podcast. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. For 82 years, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan has been and continues to be committed to families all across Michigan. By providing access to care however, wherever, and whenever they need it, Blue Cross is here for it all and always will be.
0: Whether you're in the D or out to sea, we always bring you the E on the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. The Eastern Insider Podcast.
1: Win over the Broncos means the Eagles have a chance to play for the right to bring home the Michigan MAC Trophy coming up next week against Central Michigan up in Mount Pleasant. Joined in our weekly conversation with EMU head coach Chris Creighton his team, a one-point victor over the Broncos of Western Michigan, 22-21. It was a game that the folks out in the desert had picked as one of the highest-scoring games possibly in the country <laughs> And after one period, it was scoreless at halftime. It's seven, six. Uh, it wasn't quite the game everybody expected with the offensive fireworks. The defenses came to play.
3: They sure did. And, uh, uh you know, so, so excited and encouraged by that. Um, you know, after a, a couple weeks where, um, you know, we didn't feel great about uh, how the p- opposing offenses, uh, played versus us, our defense, um, just absolutely bowed up. And, uh, you know, stopped a a really explosive offense um, and then took the ball away in the fourth quarter to to win the game for us. So it's just a great feeling, um, you know, seeing our defense out there do their thing.
1: Talking with uh, you last week leading up to it, one of the discussion points you talked about and Coach Nethery talked about was tip drills, getting their hands up in the air, especially with LRB passing. And that proved critical there late in the fourth quarter with – uh, a batted ball uh, that propped up in the air by Peyton Price, and then uh, Mike Smith Jr. able to grab it for what he referred to as his most memorable moment of playing football—a uh, feel-good moment for him. But more importantly, your offense then able to kill the clock.
3: Yeah, so you know our ball disruption, uh, which again we literally work on every single day. You could argue has has won uh, two games. So I'm not even talking about taking, taking the ball away. That's a, a a result of the ball disruption, but the Miami game, the, the amount of batted balls that we had in that game. Um, and then, you know, the, the batted ball that got tipped that Mike caught to intercept at the end. Um, and, uh, so it's worth all the work and all the talk, you know, that we do about that because it uh, really came has come up big, um, in, in two weeks. And then, yeah, the, the ability to um get the first down to to end the game at the end probably had even a little bit more spice to it since you know we had set out to do that um at Toledo and fell short um and had to bring the defense Uh back out on the field and they got the job done but um you know you want to end it and uh and we were able to do that.
1: On the drive before that sets up Chad's game-winning field goal and fifth record setting of the night, uh, there was a play that Turan pokes the ball away from the backside. And on television, they did a really good job focusing on looking back at pregame and found a clip where they're coming up and doing that behind uh, uh, one of your, your players. And that was a big focus. Thinking back to when Chuck Bola first came to the defense, it's really something that's continued on, is poking that ball away.
3: No question. Yeah, so that's really good if TV got that. But, I mean, even in our pregame warm-up, you know, um, our defense is, is so obsessed with, you know, ball disruption and taking the ball away that uh, we go through a quick circuit there at the beginning of warm-ups. Um, so our guys know how to do it. They're ball aware. Um, and uh, accomplishing it is is difficult because – You know if another team has really good ball security it it, it's difficult but um we just know with all these one possession games uh, as many close games as we're in you know winning the turnover takeaway ratio um is just absolutely critical and when we win that we win the game and if we don't win that we probably aren't going to win so um it was a big day for us especially that fourth quarter
1: twice this year now your team has been able to pull off a one-point win in Mid-American Conference action, you look at a national level, there are only three teams that have won multiple one-point games this year. They're all from the Mid-American Conference. Buffalo huh. has uh, two. NIU has three. You have two now. Uh, when it talks about that and close games, I mean,
3: that that might be more
1: Maction than anything.
3: Yeah, you can't get closer than one point.
1: What, is there something does mental focus or anything in particular when you're in a one-point game change? Maybe so than than even a three or a seven-point game.
3: Uh, no, I mean you're always calculating, you know, whether you need to go for two or what a field goal does, what a touchdown in, in both ways. Um, but I don't that your mental focus doesn't change any
1: offensively. Uh, Needing just 300 more yards passing is Ben Bryant to hit 3000 for the season. Only two quarterbacks in Eastern Michigan history have done that. Uh, Charlie Batch and Mike Glass back in 19. uh, What an accomplishment it would be for Ben if he's able to get that with your offense.
3: Well, I'll tell you, you know, Ben could throw for seven yards and we win the game. Um, He'll be ecstatic um as we all will be um but yeah so I I mean that to me that stuff for for banquets and I I know that you know Chad you know set the record and I don't even know if I've congratulated him yet I mean honestly and it's not because I'm not super excited for him but um you know we just uh um you know got to keep got to keep pushing here and um You know, we we obviously chart completion percentage. It's one of our goals. And um, you always look at statistics, but you know, going into this game, you know, we hadn't run the ball as well as we'd wanted to for a couple weeks. And our third downs were awesome. Our red zones um, were awesome. Uh, We've been throwing the ball at a really high level. And then none of those things uh, really happened um, on Tuesday night, but then we ran the ball off the chart. Yeah. so maybe that's what maxion is too, right? It's just uh, the unexpected um, is usually what happens. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Ben has had a, a super year. Um, there's no question and we're not done yet. And. Um, uh, you know, we, we have every expectation for him to play really well.
1: The offensive line, key to why your running backs were able to do so well. But Brandon Benson, excuse me, uh, Jawan Hamilton, with three schools he's been at, this was the most yards he's ever rushed for in a game, even with those big games he had at James Madison. Samson Evans also was a beast and, and not able to be tackled uh we all too often talk about the running backs, but the guys up front are able to, to push people around and you're still doing it without your, your pre-season plan of who your offensive line was gonna be.
3: Yeah, and I, I would throw Thomas Otokoye and, and Gunner Oaks in with that offensive line because we had an attached tight end or two uh, in, in most of those um, runs on, on Tuesday night. Um, you know, our first two series, you know we did not move the ball at all till the very end on the third down we completed uh you know a dig over the middle for the first down and then got into some tempo runs and uh just discovered um you know how good that was and how good it could be for us for the rest of the game and um you know it it really it really went well for us all the way through.
1: This week, the opponent will be the Chippewas of Central Michigan. Uh, plenty of things online, bragging rights, a trophy, uh, and some records. Eastern has a chance to win eight games in a regular season before the bowl. Um, looking ahead, what do you see as being right now still a lot of the kind of critical things that to focus in on heading into CMU? Uh, you
3: know... In terms of CMU or in terms of us, in
1: terms of you getting ready for a potent central offense that can run the football, they can also throw Oh,
3: yeah, I mean, Centrals really good. I mean, that's that's a that that part's a no brainer You know, we do have uh, an extra couple of days, and this is this goes back to what was it maybe pre- Bowling green or was it post Bowling green um where we had post uh, yeah, post Bowling yeah, green. Yep. green where we had a couple days before our first action game with uh, Toledo. So, You know, the guys are going to get another couple days here, which is perfect for them academically, you know, with the end of the semester, just right around the corner. Uh, So, you know, grateful for that. And then, I mean, it's week 12, you know, so a a little R&R, you know, is is in most guys' best interest right now. And so we're going to be able uh, to give them uh, an extra day or two off Um, and then we'll ramp things back up. Um, we're hard at work right now studying Central Michigan, um, and, uh, they've always been good and they are really good and they're playing at a high level. They just, you know, went to ball state, um, and really hammered them. I mean, they just, mm-hmm. uh, shut them down, um, um, on, on, offense and, um, and, uh, then their offense, I mean, scored 37 points, you know, and, um, so they're they're playing at a high level. Um, you know they were probably really watching that NIU score because they had a chance to potentially uh, still have a way to get into uh, the MAC championship. Uh, but now uh, they're they're like us, you know, uh, trying to win a trophy mm-hmm. during the regular season by by winning the the Michigan MAC and having an eight win season and um, you know getting to a great bowl game.
1: One of the things about uh, football is you get to spend holidays with them. This is another year that you'll be heading to Mount Pleasant on Thanksgiving. How do you try to, to make a holiday as normal as you can, but uh, knowing that most of these guys aren't going to be able to be with their families?
3: Yeah, I don't think there's any normal about it. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, it's just, I, yeah, it's not normal. It is just something that you make um, a great opportunity to spend, you know, that holiday, you know, together, um, as a team and, you know, with being on the road, you know, you can't take everybody too. So it's, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit challenging in that way. Um, but, uh, we'll, we have a lot to be thankful for, um, everybody in our program, um, has so much to be thankful for. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll make that a great day, but we also, It'll be as close to a normal, what we call a five-day or the day before the game, um, you know, as as it can be.
1: Extra helping to mashed potatoes on Saturday once you get back. Right?
3: <laughs> yeah. There'll, there'll hopefully be some uh, some good food left over for the weekend.
1: Coach, we appreciate your time. As always, best of luck against CMU this week.
3: All right. Thanks, guys.
1: Alex and I return here on the Eastern Insider Podcast.
0: There's only one place in the state of Michigan that takes you straight inside the locker room, and that's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Your chance to get in on the action, bringing you more coverage than any other program in the mitten.
2: Well, if you're looking for a way to enjoy your leftovers from Thanksgiving later in the week, there might be no better way than tuning into some Eastern Michigan women's basketball. They're down in the Sunshine State for a pair of games at the FIU Thanksgiving Classic. They haven't left quite yet, so I was able to catch up today with Fred Castro, the head coach, now in his sixth year, as his team prepares for a week against two really tough opponents in FIU and Delaware. Take a listen to that interview here on the Eastern Insider Podcast. Let's talk a little bit about the week ahead. Your team getting ready to jump on a plane, go down to Florida to take on a pair of teams in Florida International and Delaware. It'll be the Florida International Thanksgiving Classic. What goes into scheduling a weekend like this? I mean, these are not easy teams to play against. These are good non-conference opponents, but I know that it's important for you to have not only competition against opponents like this, but to also schedule it in a way that makes sense for your team. How do you pick out a schedule like that, and then what is it going to do for you to play teams like this this
4: weekend? Yeah, there's a number of variables there. Um, You know, typically every year we want to take our team somewhere that uh, the team's never been, right? And then if we can combine that with taking a player home. uh, We certainly want to do that. Uh, It never hurts when it's somewhere nice and warm, um, but a big part of it has to do with Uh, preparing for conference play. Um, FIU and Delaware both do that. Delaware is a team that won 25 games last year. Uh, They competed in their conference championship and were uh, beating the semifinals of the WNIT at the end of the year. So uh, this is a team that um, is going to make us better and really challenge us from uh, both an athletic standpoint and an X's and O's standpoint.
2: Talk about FIU a little bit. You'll play them on Friday. They're the host team in the tournament and a program that I know you appreciate because they're in the early stages of a rebuild like you have been in the early stages here at Eastern Michigan a few years back. But this is a team that you think has a lot of talent, a lot of progression already under their belts and that will only keep getting better.
4: Yeah, Coach there has done a great job in you know making – she did a lot in year one. Right. Uh, she was coach of the year she's from she has been in the Florida area for a long time. I've known her for a good amount of time and she's doing an excellent job. She's really building the culture and her roster, um, you know, as we speak. And uh, you can tell watching film her team um, believes in what they're doing. They're playing really hard. Um, it's a matter of experience and uh, you, you can uh, count on them. Uh, wanting to play well at home at their own Thanksgiving tournament. So uh, Delaware is going to be a challenge, and FIU will certainly be another challenge uh, come Saturday.
2: Two different teams, and we'll talk a little bit about Delaware, but when you talk about a a squad like FIU being in that early portion of their rebuild, their program rebuild, but having some pieces, getting a little bit better, now that you're a team that feels like, hey, we're at the stage where we should be competing for conference championships Mm -hmm. and being the superior in that type of situation, how do your girls and you as a coaching staff take advantage of a team like that and go from being the, on their side of the aisle to taking care of business and staying focused and then making sure you come out on top in a game like that. Yeah, I, I think
4: the mentality in a lot of ways doesn't change from the standpoint that I think it's probably a lot of coach talk or whatever, but it's, it's a business trip, right? You want to take every game for what it's worth. Uh, you want to use every game to continue to improve in some form or fashion. We have a lot to work on on our own, right? Before conference play starts. Uh, So playing teams like Delaware and FIU, uh, obviously we wanna use our strengths and uh, leverage them as much as we can based off our size, talent, depth, whatever it may be. Uh, We wanna approach the game and hey this is what we're looking this is what makes us good this is what gives our formula uh, for success and then continuing to find ways to execute uh, that formula um, because i think uh, just like last year when we got really rolling uh, our team knew exactly what it was and we knew how to execute it regardless of who the opponent i think teams that are really good in championship um, caliber teams worry less about the opponent and worry more about what they need to do uh, to be successful so we're, we're trying to transition into that process.
2: FIU two and two on the year, but Delaware four and one already on the season. And we talked a little bit before the interview started, they're beating teams by an average of 29 and a half points a game. That is no small margin. And they're playing good basketball programs when a team is that explosive and clearly has the ability to keep the foot on the gas and really bury another program. Is it important as a coach to keep it within striking distance, play well early, not find yourself in a deficit?
4: Yeah, I think they're explosive, but I also think that we, um, present some problems for them that they haven't seen this year um, regardless we, we have a fair share of explosive teams in our league so it won't be the first time that we've seen uh, offenses like this I think what makes them interesting is they they can shoot it a little bit they can post play a little bit they're fast in transition they create stuff off their defense so it's not they're they're well balanced in that um, from that standpoint it's not just a team that can just rain threes all day long so they present their own problems it's a matter of us um understanding how they want to attack us and being prepared to be honest with you for for a grudge fight is it's going to be more of a wrestling match type game than a basketball game
2: well obviously it's a big weekend for your team and it's a it's a holiday weekend as well thanksgiving classic down at fiu and we don't always talk about not being home with your family for a holiday, but this is one of those occasions where you won't be. You'll be with your different, your other family, the basketball team. Is there something special you guys do to try to get the girls a little bit extra of that holiday celebration to have a little bit more family time, or uh, is it really just business as usual with a Thanksgiving trip? No, we certainly want to
4: take advantage of the opportunity. Um, you know, I think one of the things that's interesting about our roster is most of our players uh, come from other places and and don't get to go home regularly. So this is a group that that's very tight knit and um, they're used to spending a lot of time together. So, you know, we're excited about the Thanksgiving plans. You know, usually you don't get to spend Thanksgiving in the sun in Palm Beach and, you know, and and and, and you know, 80 degree weather. But we we certainly want to make the most of it. We want to enjoy it just, uh, you know, from that standpoint, but also know the task at hand. Right. So I think you can balance both. You can enjoy Thanksgiving uh, for that day. Um, Um, And we got some Interesting things uh, lined up. Rhonda, our our Dobo does a great job with that, and uh, we're looking to enjoy some turkey and ham.
2: I was going to ask, are you trading in the turkey for oh, some fresh seafood or no, something? You're still no, going to do traditional. No, we're we're going
4: to do it the the, the <laughs> right way. You know, we we've got. I saw the menu earlier yesterday, and it, it looks it looks delicious. So you know, it's just a matter of are you enjoying it in a hoodie and sweatpants, or are you enjoying it in shorts and a short sleeve t shirt? And uh, we'll get to enjoy it in some shorts and. I'm sure the ham and turkey's gonna taste uh, just as good.
0: This has been another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast, powered by Learfield and presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts for all of our episodes on demand.